Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington football team for the athletic, which means today I was like the rest, like everybody else. I was watching football. Congrats to the Cincinnati Bengals and Los Angeles Rams for reaching the Super Bowl, just like we all predicted at the start of the season. <laughs> and not at all. Um, I did have, there was one scout in my NFL agent survey who did pick the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl, and I am sure I mocked him when he made that uh, choice. But hey, props to Joe Burrow, props to um, Matthew Stafford and the Rams for getting there. Uh, interesting, interesting matchup to say the least, uh, especially, you know, we all, I think, imagined Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in there. Instead, it's it's Joe Burrow and the Bengals just two seasons after they had the number one overall pick to get Burrow. Of course, the team that had the second pick was Chase Young. And I, I do want to have the conversation tonight. I'm going to have it with our friend Matthew Paris from the Washington Times. He and I are going to talk in a few minutes about, um, I will talk about these games, but also, you know, how do we, how do we sort of fit in Washington here? There's the quarterback surge Did the Jimmy Garoppolo experience in these playoffs turn people off. Do, do people kind of appreciate Washington's plight, not just Washington, but any team that needs a quarterback, that there's not a ton of great options. Can you get by with Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, the 49ers did make the NFC championship game for the second time in three years. Washington has, hasn't sniffed that level in forever. Um, so what about that? What about the defensive line where you were, maybe the Rams defensive line today wasn't the most dominant, but they were still pretty good. Aaron Donald made a huge play at the end of the game to force a Garoppolo interception. If Washington keeps its defensive line intact, it's now about time to start seeing that group have some kind of dominance like that, I would say, right? Um, so we'll talk about that and a few other components. Plus, it is Senior Bowl week, and I am headed to Mobile. At least that is the plan. I will be there um, tomorrow, uh, meaning Monday, uh, and then practices are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I will plan to do a podcast while I'm down there. Haven't kind of figured that out yet, but we'll see the setup and, and who I can run into and things like that down there um, i'll have a story up monday morning on the athletic about uh, a senior bowl preview i talked to jim Nagy, um obviously the executive director here so if you heard that conversation on this podcast it'll be a little bit of a, a of a repeat but i have some other in, in, information there as well um in addition i don't know if you heard there's gonna be a new name <laughs> for this team on wednesday uh yeah the today show thing is still happening sure feels like everybody feels like we kind of know what it might be, but we'll find out for sure on Wednesday. And then from there on out, it's the Washington somethings. No, that that that's not the name. Just something will be in there instead of football team, we believe. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about all that and more here with Matt Paris in a few moments. If, of course, if you want to, uh, if you miss any podcast episodes or you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so on uh, iTunes or Spotify or on the Athletic app, anywhere you can find your podcast look for the standing room only uh you can subscribe of course to the athletic if you want to hit me up on twitter i am at ben standing and if you want to hit up matt he is at matthew underscore paris um and you can read his work in the washington times so uh yeah like i said what we're, we're going to talk um about the playoffs but you know we'll tie it into the washington football team their needs their hopes their dreams their offseason the senior bowl all that and more coming up here on a standard room only podcast. All right. As promised, joining me here on the podcast, our returning champion, he writes for the Washington times. He is 
Matthew Paris, and uh, we just, it's, the, I think the NFC Championship game happened, just finished within the last hour. I've lost track of time already. Um, the, uh, look, there was no way, Matt, either one of these, either of these games combined or whatever was going to match up to last week's, right. and they didn't, but both did come down to the, to, to the end. Uh, which one did you find the more compelling game? The Bengals, just because Patrick Mahomes is, you know, drop off at the end there was so unexpected. He just was playing well for so much of that game. And then in the second half, went really cold, uncharacteristic in the red zone, which we really never see. I mean, the end of both halves. I mean, he, I mean, the end of the first half, they should, I mean, debate whatever they should have kicked the field goal with five seconds or not, but his choice to throw it into the flat instead of into the end zone um, cost him at least three points there. And then, he yeah bizarre plays at the end of the the second half too yeah and just the Bengals it's really a remarkable story considering how far they were two years ago I mean Washington was really close to the number one pick and the Bengals edged it out and uh you know it's really just kind of remarkable with all the pieces that they put there around Burry has really the perfect supporting cast for a talent like that besides the offensive line so what they've been able to do in two years is really remarkable. It really is, and and we'll 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 talk about the Joe Burrow pick in a, in a, in a minute. Just from the standpoint of Washington had the second pick that year, um, and 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 so on. Um, you know, uh, you can go to other places to get more break detailed analysis uh, of of these games if you're interested. But uh, including on the Athletic uh, app, I'm sure there are football pod, main football podcast will be talking plenty about this game today and, and the rest of the week. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it was really, you know, the, the, the Rams Niners game kind of played out as I sort of would have guessed, you know, low scoring knock em, or, you know, rock em, sock em kind of a game um, in which, you know, the Rams just, you know, a little bit better in the end. I don't really think it was a huge difference either way. Like you said, the Bengals one was a huge surprise, but in now with the Super Bowl with the Rams and the Bengals, it does, you know, We'll see if you think I'm stretching these storylines or not to connect them to Washington. Um, I promise you, there will no. We will not have any real discussion about the fact that uh, Sean McVay was on the 2013 <laughs> Washington staff. Like we're not going to go that kind of level. But to stay with his team for a second, you know, they look. The Rams were the all-in team. They they threw a bunch of picks and a bunch of uh, standout veterans. Most maybe most notably Matthew Stafford. Last year, literally one year ago today, January 30th, is when the trade went down where, where they gave up um, you know, multiple first-round picks, a third-round pick, and Jared Goff to get Stafford. And as we know, Washington tried to uh, tried to get in there. Um, the, the last year, or the, sorry, the year before that, Washington tried to get Amari Cooper, uh, didn't get him. He, he took a, a tidbit less money to go to Dallas because he wanted to go there. And whereas like Stafford, I think, wanted to go play in L.A. with McVay. Um, I, obviously I think one big question we all have is if, if there's an option available at quarterback, that's standout for what, you know, will they be aggressive enough to go do it? And I think when you watch what Stafford or sorry, what the Rams just did with Stafford and everybody else, I really do wonder, does Washington look at this and think, man, maybe we're not in the Super Bowl if we get Stafford, but we didn't give ourselves a chance by not getting him. Um, do we need to be extra aggressive this year and i think that's already been sort of in the air a little bit and i wonder if it gets pushed over the line um watching what happened there 
I would certainly say so. And you just think about their comments a few weeks ago is they feel the roster's in a better shape uh, to go make such a move. I mean, well, what I do you think, though? Do you, that, that's what they said. Well, you think it's yeah, in better shape? Say, but I think they believe that. Let's put it that way. Uh, you know, I don't think the roster is as strong as maybe they're making it out to be. I do think I agree that if you look at their their team, the strengths are on the offensive and defensive lines that's kind of a nice nucleus to build around but I have questions about the secondary uh, I think the talent at wide receiver outside of Terry McLaurin could still use an upgrade even though there's some other talent there um you know it's just it's not it, it it really just depends who it is too you know do I think Matthew Stafford could make this team a a playoff team or you know to be able to win a wild card Team, that type of talent sure but you know it's one who's available and two you know I just don't know it just depends how aggressive they want to be but if you're talking about giving up multiple first round picks for say Jimmy Garoppolo well uh, you know I, I, I don't know that makes me nervous well I, yeah I don't think that's the market for him but we'll get to him in, in, in a second um, you know for the record, like when I when I was saying to you well what do you think I could tell by your look and your face nobody else can see it that you're like hey man just because you want to crap on them, don't make me do it. <laughs> I actually won't. I actually do think, like I'm. I look. I get. An, I get. I get annoyed when we all just pair it back Rivera's line of that their offensive line will be a strength while ignoring that Brandon Sheriff is likely gone. That seems problematic to make that point when the guy you didn't win a single game with this year, who's your what is he a five time uh, Pro Bowler, could be out the door. That said, I mean, look. <laughs> It would be insane to just assume that Curtis Samuel will come back at full strength, but let's just assume that that happens. Um, you know, the offensive line largely did play fairly well, and you know, you, West Schweitzer seems like at least a reasonable uh, option. Um, I think look, the tight end situation is interesting because we'll have to see where Logan Thomas is at. They maybe have to get somebody else otherwise. But like, I, you know, you can sell me on McLaurin and Gibson and Samuel and a healthy Logan Thomas at some point, plus a Deami Brown going into his second year. You bring back McKissick. Like, I didn't just say anything that's, like, outrageous. I didn't say go spend $100 million on somebody. Sure. The quarterback, of course, is the is the thing there. I'm not going to argue that. No, no, defense. Look, they have all these the talent on the line. It's just that this was an underwhelming season, and they need to do better. Um, I'm with you on the secondary questions, but at least in theory. Like, if, if, we, if we're going to believe them that a lot, was a lot of miscommunication, well, there shouldn't be this year, right? So, in theory – the pieces they have should be better. And obviously they will have a chance to add more talent in the draft or and free agency. Um, so I could buy it that they could be better if they get a real quarterback. The problem is of course that because, yeah. and that's the part where the Garoppolo thing comes in. Obviously I, I wrote uh, about that earlier in the week and tweeted about it a bunch and, and so on and so on. I'm sure that was really annoying for people. Um, but um the point of was not about Garoppolo or Mitch Trubisky. It was to say, everybody keeps saying they have to go get a quarterback while ignoring the fact that that's the marketplace right now, that there is no guarantee of an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson showing up. If you thought Derek Carr was coming here, I got to guess Josh McDaniels didn't take that job today to, to then trade Derek Carr away. So that's the problem right there. So to the Jimmy Garoppolo point, let's just say the, the, the 49ers do decide to move on that. They got Trey Lance and Hey, look, they had a good run here with Garoppolo, two NFC championship games in three years, one at one Super Bowl appearance. But they recognize that to go to go to the next level, they're going to have to go beyond him. Okay, they made that move with Trey Lance. 
if the if the call if the pick is a I'm sorry if it's like a second round pick and a I don't know a day three pick for second and a fourth for argument's sake he has one year left on his contract you probably have to sign him to an extension if you're giving up a second but other teams may want him too so if that's the deal a second and a fourth you won seven games with Taylor Heineke can you win you would you be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo yeah personally I want it I mean I would I would rather overpay for Derek Carr than properly pay for Jimmy Garoppolo. And so, sure. But I mean, if Derek, but I mean, do you think Derek Carr's based on what we know today, which is obviously not everything, Derek Carr has one year left on his deal. I don't think they've actually announced Josh McDaniel based on his, his history of uh, spurning teams. We shouldn't assume anything, but it feels like it's headed in that direction. So do you think, I mean, would you, would you, would you think Derek Carr could still be available if McDaniels goes there? I do. I mean, you just have to look at what he did in Denver. You know, he had a great quarterback situation when he first arrived with Jay Cutler and he decided that Jay Cutler wasn't his quarterback and um, traded for Kyle Orton. Now that ended up being a decision that got Josh McDaniel basically fired in Denver when it was all said and done. And so, you know, is he, did he learn from the lessons of the past? Is he going to stick with his situation? I was reading some reporting can't remember the, the guy's name at the top of my head, so apologies. But he was saying that Josh McDaniel's pitch was reportedly centered around Derek Carr and how to get the most out of their offense. But at the same time, you know, if they find a quarterback in the draft or, or go those other routes, you know, maybe they do move on. And so, you know, I, I'd still be eyeing that situation pretty closely, or at least if I'm Washington trying to pry him loose. And yeah, I just don't think Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a better quarterback than Taylor Haneke, but it's not – I don't know. Also, I worry that this year is an outlier too because, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he was hurt, but he didn't really miss that many games. Am I, I'm on base with that, right? Uh, I think that's right. I think, I think Trey, Trey Lance started two games, I, I want to say. Uh, yeah, so, like, that was a relatively healthy season for him. And that makes me worried as well. The same thing we talk about with Taylor Haneke's health all the time is – Jimmy Garoppolo's health concerns are just as real. So, you know, I just, he's not it for me, even with all those things. I got you. Um, just, just to put a button on the Derek Carr thing. I mean, what I read earlier was when I went back and looked at that, I believe Jay Cutler asked to get traded because I think Josh McDaniel either had tried to acquire Matt Castle or he was annoyed that they got rid of Shanahan, but there was some issue there. And obviously Jay Cutler is a uh, interesting guy to say the least, but I also think that in general, I think the league has, has changed how it views quarterbacks, which isn't to say that it didn't always view it as important. I think now it, 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 it truly recognizes it as a rare commodity to the degree that like, I just, I think that like this in this year in particular, maybe the, the draft is, is not sexy, not saying there won't be a couple guys who ultimately emerge, but it's not sexy. And the, and the free agent market isn't great. So if you trade somebody, whoever, then the question is like, what are you doing in return? Um, but anyway, uh, uh, that aside, if Derek Carr becomes available, absolutely make a play for him. Same thing with Wilson or Rodgers. You know, Carr would be the most likely just because he's in the other conference and teams are typically going to trade yeah. the guy away if they can. Um, so there is that. And then, like I said, so same thing, whether it's Garoppolo or Mitch Trubisky, you know, the two quarterbacks who are in the game today or who are going to be in the Super Bowl were both the number one overall picks in their respective drafts. Obviously, it's taken Stafford a long time to reach this point but he's always been a talent it was a sort of just a matter of you know yeah. where the lions holding him back I, I guess maybe we could say they were 
by the way, pour one out for Jared Goff. Uh, <laughs> that's gotta be that's gotta be rough. Um he made the Super Bowl with the Rams too. He did. He did. Um <laughs> fair point. We'll see if we'll see if Stafford can actually get the win this time. They will be favored. Uh haven't seen the line yet, but I, I assume the Rams will be four. what's that? Four? Four. Four. Okay. So that sounds uh <laughs> sounds about right. So um so there's that. I, I guess the only question for the Garoppolo thing is, you know, if you look at what the 49ers did, again, two NFC championship games in the last three years, um, you know, other than Debo Samuel, well, they have Debo Samuel and George Kittle, but they don't really have like, right? They don't have dynamic receivers beyond Debo Samuel. They don't even have a running back that anybody other than like fantasy football people really like know that well per se. So, you know, they're making do with coaching and scheme and whatever to get Garoppolo work. And the question would be, can you do that here with, Scott Turner and this group that's maybe a, a deeper conversation for another day, but that's sort of the, 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 the point there. I want to get to a different aspect of this though. If they actually make a, try to make a trade for somebody, like it's possible beyond picks that you would trade player on your roster. I think Rivera kind of acknowledged that maybe he has to take a longer look at that um, this time. And obviously the defensive line is the place where I think we would all point and say, well, they have a lot of assets here. And it isn't just a matter of like, what, do you trade the asset? I think it's also a matter of what What do you think is a realistic ceiling with this group? Because we've seen the Rams in these playoffs, maybe not so much today, but other days, um, some other teams as well have really dominant defensive line performances that carried the way to a degree. And, you know, Washington never had, could we say they even had it last year? I mean, maybe a little bit in the Pittsburgh game, but like by and large, I don't really, it, they haven't had too many stretches where you're like, wow, the defensive line just completely took over certainly not this year so you wrote about some uh, about this the other day from the perspective of Deron Payne and I've talked about that as well like what do you do with there so I guess that's the question I not so much for us to answer but I think for them is what is this what is the ceiling with this defensive line because if you think this group can be as dominant as some of these other groups maybe you don't break them up and you go the lesser quarterback route if that's all you can do and lean on these groups but I think that's the question yeah. yeah, and it just depends what you can get it from him. When I wrote about Deron Payne the other day, I wasn't even really factoring in the quarterback equation of it, of whether they could include him in a trade. I think just from an asset management standpoint, if, if it's just wiser to move on now and collect if you can get a second-round pick for him. But if you're them, well, would you rather have a second-round pick or Deron Payne for a year and then a conditional third-round pick? You know, I think that's a hard question to answer. And you, know, you look at some of their other situations with how they've managed these guys on their way out the door, Kirk Cousins, Brandon Sheriff, who's about to leave, uh, Trent Williams, you know, that they haven't maximized the value for these guys. But at the same time, I, I understand why they would keep drawing pain because he's a really good player. And you just never know with injuries. You know, Matt Ioannidis went down in 2020. If, Duran, or if Jonathan Allen goes down next year, for instance, you know, having a drawn pain on your team would be, really useful so it just it kind of depends you know there's still a role for Jerron Payne on this team obviously if they keep him yeah for 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 sure and I just think like I think I, I guess like even for me like part of the conversation has largely been viewing them as an asset to potentially acquire a quarterback but the reality mm -hmm. is like again they may not be able to get that but you still have to make a determination from an asset allocation standpoint like what are you doing are you extending pain and then what does that mean in terms of sweat and young and if you're not, then, you know, 
you, what you're playing out the fifth year and then taking the third round compensatory, you're doing something else. I think a lot of it's going to come down to what, what, it, what can this group do? Cause if this group can be, you know, that's the thing, right? We talk quarterback, 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 it's all true, but you know, we, all that you need other stuff also along the way. And you know, the Bengals defense, for example, we're going to talk a lot about Joe Burrow. Did the, the Chiefs score? Or they scored three points in the second half, right? Mm-hmm. That's crazy, especially how they were looking in the first half. You know, doing all the video game type stuff we expect out of them. Uh, the Bengals defense. I mean, who who who's who's viewing the Bengals as any type of dynamic uh, group, right? So, um, you know, you, you can get it done in other ways, but you have to have these other ways step up if you're, especially if you're going to go with the pedestrian uh, quarterback. Which again, they may not have much of a. Uh, have much of a choice um what what's what's on what's on your mind coming out of uh coming out of all that yeah you know i think the the what ifs of of this game you know from a washington perspective stafford how whether they were close uh to them uh trading for him last year uh how close they were to maybe drafting joe burrow I think if you look at Cincinnati's defense, it is a group that, you know, that they put some work into it too. You know, Jesse Bates was a really nice find in the draft and he's scheduled to be a free agent this year. Trey Henderson, uh, Trey Henderson was a really good um, free agent signing. I think I'm butchering that last name. Paul, we need to that out. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, but to the point that Trey, Trey uh, you know, Trey Hendrickson, right. He, yeah. I mean, he was, I don't know what his stats were today, um, and I was, I'll admit today, I was like working while doing this. I, I was watching every single play in great detail the way I would normally, but um, he was a standout for the Bengals during their, uh, during this run. Uh, and, and like, there was a stat I saw the other day, something like in like several, like four or five games in a row, he had a play that caused a turnover or whatever. And there was a little bit of that last year with Chase Young. I think ironically against Joe Burrow was one of those plays um, that, that happened. Yeah, that that's what's got to happen when you spend the money to get, or you spend the draft picks to get those guys. that got to make the plays. When you spend the money to to, to sign free agents, forget that they just have to play. Sure. I.e., Curtis Samuel, they got to actually then make make the plays. Like William Jackson, obviously, was a disappointing year, relatively speaking. Uh, so obviously, yes, the the the, the Bengals thing, I uh, I get that as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, your players got to make plays. Sure, and that triggers another thought is. Washington will have to decide how they want to pay this off a defensive line going forward. Do they want to have it, the strength become from the interior, which I think if you look at their play, that's where it's come from. But if you're doing that, then you're paying both Payne and Allen, or are you building around the edge, which, you know, Montez sweat, they're going to have to decide on his fifth year option. Um, Chase young, he'll be eventually there. All these guys are coming due like Jonathan Allen's, four-year contract extension last year was the start of all like this you know it's a domino uh, effect and they're going to have to decide who to pay these guys and which ones but I think for Washington if you're looking at this defensive line it's where's the strength of it and right now I I think it's been the interior more than the edge yeah I think so man um so the off-season transaction part, I mean, in theory, they could make a trade any minute, but likely is going to come later on. Free agency in full doesn't even start until March, and the draft is in April. This week, though, there is a big event. They're officially going to change your name. I was thinking about this, like, 
whoever is going to the senior bowl for Washington will arrive as the Washington football team and leave as the Washington something else. I wonder, do you think they bring like double gear with them? Like, you know, cause everybody wears their team issued polo shirts or whatever it is, jackets while they're there. Do you think Washington has to bring two, two versions? So on that on Thursday or even Wednesday, they flip it to the whatever. Sure. They'll bring two, 22, 22. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. I imagine the W will probably still work in yeah, some capacity, right. but but even still, right? The color scheme is the same, but I assume like there's gonna be some variant, uh variants as well. Um, not variants, variants. Um all that said, we're at the end. <sighs> Hallelujah that this is finally over. The level of craziness going with the speculation. I don't know how it's been for you. You know, you're not from around here originally, but like I have never been as popular with my friends and family as I am with this crazy name. The amount of people who've been hitting me up, asking me what the name is, and then getting mad when I tell them I, I don't know what to tell you, like at least not with any definitive answer. They like think I'm holding holding out on them. Okay, it, it is all, all crazy. That said, we're almost here. I've really kind of avoided playing the whole guessing game, but last podcast I'm imagining I'll do before, so... Would, would you like to would you like to guess it feels like one name is obvious but i don't know maybe it's a, maybe it's being you're being we're being fooled i don't know sure i mean i'll stick with the obvious one i've kind of warmed up the commanders i think it's fine you know safe but it doesn't really you know you, you lose the r part of it if you want to keep the song but i don't really care about that so you know i'm just ready for them to have a, a like a noun <laughs> a name a plural name so i can use it a Oh, tell me yeah 100 percent. it is so annoying yeah i don't know if i use it all the time or some other silliness um i'm, I'm with you. i mean i'll just say this on the commanders well all the evidence suggests that's where things are headed i know people who i'm not reporting anything here so nobody's gonna but i know people who have told me that like, a person who knows a person with the thing they're very confident that they've been that they've heard in some way shape or form that it's commanders um i mean i had somebody who i would assume would probably know sort of say that that may be what it is probably what it is could be what it is but not some i mean i'm not reporting anything because i unless dan snyder tanya snyder or jason wright told me i wouldn't believe any of it but that said it also feels like could this all be some sort of ruse i mean like the 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 you know a lot of it is off of that 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 video where they didn't blur out the name of the of the logo that's on jason wright's lap and that showed commanders and people were kind of kind of running with that yeah. good evidence is it i mean is, is is it possible that there is some really long con here and it's really none of this and they're just they they have been a pretty stealthy about it I, I'm, I'm not saying yes i'm just asking throwing it out in the air i mean i think in that you just kind of have to go back to the track record is this a franchise that historically has you know successfully been able to pull off the master of disguise no so if i had to guess did they slip up and accidentally forget to blur something or did they do that to mislead people probably go with the first one but uh, yeah no I'm, I'm i'm with you like it is there's there's a lot of details yes. that, I'll um, this. Uh, i take that a lot more for like I put a lot more stock into the unblurred image than I do the domain name stuff. I don't know if we want to get on this rant, but I was very annoyed by the, the one tweet that went viral of just. Well, I mean, yes. so 
I mean, this is the pro- I mean, this is I mean, just to get on a, a, a separate uh, thing quickly. This is the pro and the con of Twitter. 30 years ago, the, the, the person working for your outlet and the person working for whatever outlet I would be working for would not be on the same level playing field as, say, the Washington Post, because without Twitter and the Internet, you just it's the physical paper that everybody gets. And the rest of it is like, I don't know, you have to hope somehow that people are aware of you. Now, it's a much more level playing field because we have the same if you're on social media, we all have the same access as as, as they do and others. The, the downside is that means so does everybody. Right. And thus, somebody can tweet out, hey, this is definitive proof that it's commanders because I I look through these uh, whatever the domain names and, and who's who's housing them and where it gets transferred to. And thus, it must automatically mean this is what it is. It could end up being that way. But we see it all the time with other people who attempt to be insiders and have faulty information because they either don't understand what it means to, to have sources or how to confirm things. And they say stuff and then that gets spun out of control. So it is the it is the, the, the pros and the cons of the social media form. It is largely annoying, but I would be wrong to at least not acknowledge there are some positives at it from the from from that perspective. But, yeah, I'm yeah. so excited for Wednesday to come. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, if it is commanders, it's a great discovery about that guy. It's just the way you frame it. You know, you can't say it's definitive proof and say that every NFL team uses the the web company that was mentioned because that's not true, you know, and, and to have that is just very misleading. So, you know, I, I was, were you surprised on how that story picked up steam you know i admittedly had to write about it um npr wrote about it uh, wait about uh, wrote about that guy's tweet mm-hmm. oh uh, it really picked up steam yeah well the, I, so that's the, to the point of like okay to use a Riveraism, what's interesting and what's important oh, now, obviously <laughs> obviously a team name is Obviously, a team name is important, but I think what we've seen over the last year and a half is how people find it incredibly interesting. Far more people do than they do the idea of, you know, who's Washington going to play at, you know, is Jamie Davis a Mike linebacker, right? Or, you know, who's going to play receiver opposite Terry McLaurin or even giving McLaurin an extension or even getting a quarterback. Like people understand these are important things, but like that's a smaller group the people who are interested in the football team everybody cares what are you going to name the thing because that is a tangible item you know grandmothers and people who don't even like sports would be curious about that as evidenced by my own life on yeah. some of these things so i guess that's the thing but yes that's insane and i get you may have to deal with it because you're covering yeah. the team npr right and it was just like a, a web post of did the washington football team next name just leak like you know they frame it they couch it responsibly Yada yada, but it was really, it really took off in such a way that you know it, it just. Yeah, I I love that everyone is trying to search for clues, and you know you and I are doing the same stuff. I'm sure we're checking the same types of things, but everyone wants to be trying first so they can say that they're right in it. But you know, I, I do think the name is a big deal. Like we can talk about whether the stadium or the name is more important in the long run. I'd argue the name. I think a lot of people would say the stadium, but the name is what it will will attract people to root for this franchise down the road, especially with the NFL being so 
kind of remote these days and more people would rather watch a game at home than at an actual stadium, you know, the, the name and the brand that they choose definitely matters. For sure. I mean, I guess, and this is a good, it's a good, it's a good topic. And one way you maybe explore um, on a, on a, when we have more time, but like on the, uh, the name, I think only to some degree only goes as far as how successful you are. Right. I mean, you know, if you stink, you could, I, whatever we think is the best name, it's going to be viewed as a loser. And if somehow they pick a dumb name, but they keep winning, then you're associated that way. But anyway, uh, and I'm with you though, stadium. I mean, I'd be curious to see not even so much, so much where they put it, but like how many, how big do they make it? Because I definitely don't think you're right. People are not going out in droves, not just here, just really kind of anywhere, um, you know, to, to that degree um, for sure. All right. Uh, we need to go. Um, uh, I've got to, uh, figure out what I'm doing this week and I got to get you your beauty, sw- beauty sleep, any, um, other than the name topic, anything, uh, people should be keeping an eye on, on, under your, uh, byline this week. Well, the Olympics are starting. So hopefully I find some local coverage to localize it. I have one story in the pipeline, but fingers crossed. I think I'll be able to execute and be proud of, but we'll see. Uh, check out the Washington times for your, Olympic content as well as the football team. I assume. Well, actually, I don't even know. I, I I'm guessing we have people over in the Olympics. I really have no idea. I'll be super honest. I haven't seen anything about that. So, um, I don't know. Uh, maybe hockey. I really have no idea. Um, in any event, uh, our, 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 I did the podcast last week with Steve Wino. He is in China or is headed that way, um, mm-hmm. among others. So we wish them luck over there. By the way, I didn't even mention. Um, it would have been if the 49, if the, oh, wait, you know, it, is, it was a day of comebacks. Not only did the Bengals come back, Rafa Nadal, huge comeback earlier today. Shout out to the, uh, to the tennis goat based on majors. Cause I know a lot of people like to do that. All right. That's it, Matt. Appreciate it. Follow him on Twitter at Matthew underscore Paris, P-A-R-A-S. And uh, we'll talk soon, man. Thanks. All right. Many thanks to Matt Paris for his time. Uh, Matt and I talked for a few minutes after we stopped recording, um, noted that we could have chopped it up a little bit more about the Wizards, uh, who he covers for real, and I still obviously pay attention to, and obviously they are in an incredible funk right now, and uh, I think they're at a point where they really may have to make some bold decisions. Uh, I have always been an advocate for keeping Bradley Beal, not to say that I thought he was one of the, a guy who could be the best player on a title team, but I thought there were a lot more positives and negatives, especially at the point when you had John Wall and Russell Westbrook still around. Uh, but boy, now when you, you factor in everything that's going on and the fact that he's not signing the extension, he's going to go into the off season, presumably to sign a five-year max contract. But I don't know if this season keeps going the way that it is, who knows if that's, if he's going to have the same feelings to stay and then you lose him for nothing. And that would be an, a massive disaster. On the other hand, trading him now, you know, you only have so many teams that could even just could even afford him, both in terms of assets or cap space or roster room or whatever it might be. So, um, I don't know. I'm I don't I'm not interested in taking back Ben Simmons, but uh, I don't know what else to do. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. The, the, the Wizards have all kinds of problems on that front. Um, so in any event, um, I am going to the Senior Bowl. As I said, obviously it's a Quarterback focus for sure. Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter will be among the, the, the people there. Basically, there will be six quarterbacks. And of the six, 
Um, I think five, from what I can gather, have some kind of potential first-round pick. I, I think Carson Strong and Desmond Ritter are probably less than the other ones, probably by a decent amount. Um, and maybe Carson Strong, not even much at all, because he's got a, a medical issue with his knee that they, the doctors and teams, trainers will have to take a look at. But other than Matt Corral, the top quarterbacks are going to be there. Sam Howell is the other guy who um, has like first round potential, I would say, for real. Um, I, I did talk to, um, in addition to Jim Nagy, you know, talk to some other people around the league. You know, I think with Sam Howell, he obviously had a pretty disappointing season this year relative to what he did the previous two years but part of that is he lost a lot of his weapons including uh Deami brown uh, and javante uh, williams the running back with the broncos uh they he's apparently according to this evaluator his his decision making went way down this year and that's potentially a concern on the other hand they he loved his toughness Nagy mentioned that as well and you know perhaps playing with a group with a group of NFL prospects as opposed to what he was maybe dealing with at North Carolina this year helps show the scouts enough to think that hey he really could be somebody that we can look at in the in the first round you know maybe even higher in the first round Kenny Pickett's probably the lead right now I think Malik Willis Kenny Pickett the quarterback from Pittsburgh is probably the the number one guy I think Malik Willis though is is the one who I see as having the most room to grow in terms of the evaluator's eyes because he played for a smaller program at Liberty doesn't have a lot of uh, you know pro prospects with him there so he's going to be overmatched when he's facing uh, top teams but you know interesting prospect um, somebody um, yeah I think Mel Kuyper slotted him to to Washington at 11 uh, somebody else uh, a source also sort of threw out a Trey Lance comparison not in the he's the third pick in the draft the way Trey Lance was but sort of like you know smaller school you know you're gonna have to do a deeper dive in the evaluation to get a to, to get a look but there's some good traits there um he's the one that Nagy when I when I threw out all of Ron Rivera's um traits that he's looking for among quarterbacks Nagy said Willis was the guy of those who will be in in Mobile that um fit best uh for that so we'll see um so it'll be interesting though to see to say the least um I'll be there so tuesday wednesday thursday are practices split practices the the national team the american team i don't know which order of the days it probably flips around um but in any event that's happening I, <laughs> the one media day though um where we have the most access to players it's literally opposite when the name change is happening on the today show so we'll see how i navigate all that because i really do want to watch the name change but you know I, if i'm going to be there i need to to deal with that as well so i'll see how that goes um look i think the name change is super important and with the athletic we will have coverage on that don't don't fret just because i won't be there i may even write about it from from mobile but um you know the, the finding a quarterback is an ongoing pursuit the name change will be known by wednesday morning so not to say it's over but effectively it's over right the name happens and then we just get used to it or we don't over time, we'll get used to it eventually. Whereas a quarterback, you know, we've got a couple months here to figure out what they do and plus other positions. And then we'll see if they, if they can actually figure out a plan or not. Um, again, the veteran market is not so hot. Uh, I know a lot of people were not excited for my article this week, talking about Garoppolo, Trubisky, and some others in that range. But it is what it is. The, I, I, you know, Ron Rivera can't conjure up, um, 
you know, a, a, another Matthew Stafford or, or can't make the Raiders trade Derek Carr or, or Russell Wilson to leave Seattle. They'll just have to be aggressive. Um, uh, you know, I will just say in terms of Deshaun Watson, I know the Giants ruled him out the other day to, to lean into Daniel Jones. I, I don't get a sense yet that Washington has done that. We don't have any idea what, whether Deshaun Watson will even be available. It's just to say that I, I don't think Washington has ruled him out yet. He has no trade clause. He may have, he may never leave Houston or he may never come close to here. Just noting that um, for those of you who still want to cling to hope that they get somebody big. And obviously that would be a big deal. By the way, I didn't even mention Tom Brady. I guess he's retiring. It looks like um, I'm at, I, I'm my, my read on this is just that he, the message, the, the news got out and he wanted to control the message more. And that's why there's been some pushback from people in his, his orbit, but I would imagine that this is the true and look, obviously he's done everything you can possibly imagine in the career. And then some he's 44, he's won seven Super Bowls. Even in the, if this is his last game, the loss to the Rams, you know, it looked like he was down and out down 27 to three. He gets them all the way back to a tie game. He and his teammates do that. And, you know, they ultimately lose at the, at the buzzer, even at 44, it's preposterous that he's still doing this at this age. But in terms of Washington, if he's, if he is out, then that's another team now that all of a sudden needs a quarterback. We'll see if Tampa Bay decides, hey, without Brady, um, they do have some free agent holes or some free agent concerns, some cap concerns, things like that. Um, if they decide, hey, look, it, we're better off to sort of blowing this up, then, then maybe they're just a team that focuses on the draft. But on the other hand, they may decide, hey, we still have a, lot, a, a pretty good new core of players. Can, what can we do? Can we stick anything together? If so, then maybe they become a team that some um, veteran becomes available, becomes available, is interested in playing with. But again, I've got to see who's available first. And right now, don't know who that would be, which is why the draft remains an important component of all this, uh, regardless of whether, you know, Kenny Pickett or uh, Sam Howell or, or, or Willis are, are considered top-notch guys or not. One or two of these guys will become legit starters. Which one or two, or maybe more, but which one or two, that's obviously the question, and that's why we're saying it's not considered to be a great draft because it's going to take a lot of digging in, um, and the upside may not be overly significant. Of course, that people bust all the time picking one, two, and three in drafts, so it's not an exact science, as they as the kids say. Um, but that's it for now. I'm going to get out of here. I uh, appreciate everybody always, always checking out the podcast. More to come this week. Uh, don't know what my schedule, because I will be out of town, obviously, but we'll figure something out. So anyway. That's it for now. Ben Standig signing off. Until next time. See ya.